Welcome to the Connect with County Leaders podcast, a monthly opportunity to meet and connect with Fairfax County leaders, to learn about the latest county news and information, and hear more on specific Fairfax County programs and services. Now here's your host, Jim Person, with this month's guest. Well, hello and welcome to Connect with County Leaders. On this edition of the podcast, we're joined again by Victor Hoskins, President and Chief Executive Officer of the Fairfax County Economic Development Authority, or as we may refer to it during the show, the EDA. Mr. Hoskins was here with us one year ago, shortly after taking the helm of Fairfax County's EDA. So we wanted to uh, bring him back, catch up, learn about what's happening in his uh, first year, this uh, interesting uh, COVID year of 2020, and of course, uh, more about the EDA's success and what has certainly been a challenging year. Mr. Hoskins, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much. So glad to be back. Absolutely glad to have you. The Economic Development Authority, or as we said, the EDA, uh, always interesting to learn what they're doing, a valuable part of the community. And before we get into what you guys are doing and how you've been uh, you know, staying strong during the COVID year, Explain to our listeners what exactly an EDA or Economic Development Authority is and, and what y'all do. So uh, the Economic Development Authority was actually created, believe it or not, 50 years ago. Um, and it was created by a special law in the state of Virginia to promote economic growth. And really, in particular, for Fairfax County, um, what that means is uh, to focus on building the commercial office market. Um, the commercial office market is where um, a substantial amount of the revenue for the county is derived, and that really relieves the residential taxpayer um, of burden. So the more we can move to the business side, the less of the burden on the residential side for services, services like police services, fire services, educational services, all the wonderful things that we love about Fairfax County. Now, I wanted to contrast it to economic development authorities in other areas, um, you know, maybe in the state of Maryland or in, in Washington, D.C. They have a slightly different function, um, but but that's our core function. Interesting. I, I, I wasn't aware that there were maybe different roles for, for EDAs in different parts of the country. That's interesting. If you think about it, um, for example, um, in the rural communities, economic development takes on more a role of uh, because the land is cheaper, manufacturing um, as a focus, um, the land is uh, cheaper, they're able to farm. So agriculture is a big focus. Um, they may be doing, you know, um, high value farming, uh, which is uh, things like uh, wineries um, or breweries. So, so you can see how it would differ even just by geography in the same state. Right. Since you said 50 years ago, EDAs were established here in, in Virginia and Fairfax County. Mm -hmm. Has Fairfax County's EDA evolved over the years since 50 years ago, Fairfax County was was more rural and agricultural? Right. Yes, it, it, it has evolved. Um, as a matter of fact, it, it went from um, a little known economic development authority to one of the most respected in the country. Um, and that's largely because of the tremendous success in e executing its mission. Um, as I mentioned earlier, commercial office market um, is, is where the mission was focused up to about uh, about 24 months ago. And I'll, I'll get into that in just a moment. How <laughs> I wonder why. In the last 24 months. Um, and since I've been on board, that was part of my job to help move us in that direction. 
But but the growth of the office market went from about you know, 25 million square feet right now to 119 million square feet, almost 120 million square feet in Fairfax County of commercial office space. That commercial office market is the second largest in the United States uh, for a county. The only other county in the country that's larger is actually um, Orange County in California, Orange County, California. Oh, wow. Wow. So it's a very, very... A unique um, situation. There are other cities that have larger office markets, uh, but they're not counties that have larger office markets except for that one. So yes, it's it's changed, and in that in that change, it's really kind of moved with the industries. Um, to be honest with you, um, early on, the success of Fairfax County really was largely due to the federal government. Um, even at one time, if you looked at the employment by jobs, you would have seen numbers in the fifty percent range. For, for jobs in the county that were government-related jobs. Mm. Um, that number is now down probably around to like 27, 28%. Um, it's gone down as the economy is diversified. So the mission originally was to build that office market, um, but then it evolved to diversifying the companies that occupy that office market. Um, because when the government spending ceases, you really want to have another leg to stand on. And that's right. the commercial market. Um, and that commercial market has grown quite a bit. I mean, you, you know, some of the big ones, big names like Capital One um, is probably one of the biggest um, that we have. Uh, that's a you know, private sector, you know, fintech, uh, financial technology. And there was no financial technology in the county, you know, 50 years ago. So, yes, it's evolved in the way that we market um, has, has evolved. Um, we used to really uh, primarily uh, do face-to-face -face marketing. But now it's a combination of a face-to-face. Interestingly enough, face-to-face -face right now is Zoom right. <laughs> or, right. or, or, or Microsoft Meets or some other form of, of, of Skype or some other form of platform where we can see the, you know, the, the, people, the clients right. that we're talking to. Uh, so that, you know, COVID has affected that. But even before COVID, uh, we had shifted more to a more uh, hybrid model. Um, and that, that this has now moved us we're right now 100%, I'd say 99% in this category of virtual, but we hope to go back to more face-to-face -face contact because that does affect our ability to gain new business. You, you mentioned uh, part of your role was to diversify the, the Fairfax mm -hmm. County EDA. Expand upon that a little bit more, if you don't mind. Yeah, so diversification, um, and, and I'm talking about uh, commercial and, uh, and industrial and business diversification. So we really um, have begun to uh, think very uh, long and hard about, okay, what growth you know, do we need in the county to balance out the government um, sector? And you can look at the county now. Uh, we are one of the largest uh, centers of cybersecurity uh, in the country. Not all of that cybersecurity, by the way is um, is government related. Um, a lot of that is now private related. We are, you know, you know, we have companies like DocuSign here that have a massive presence. And DocuSign is all about secured, um, you know, signatures online. Now they do have a big government practice, but they have a huge private practice. Probably the last, you know, last time you bought a home or, or a condominium or one of your investment properties, you probably use DocuSign to sign. Um, and it's developed, I've seen it evolve over time from basically a signature to a now a sequence of, of random numbers that are encrypted so that no one can copy your signature. 
So, so our businesses are beginning to evolve and move into, they're using their, actually, it's interesting because a lot of their government, where they started in government practice, they've moved it into the private practice. And then we have companies like, of course, I mentioned earlier, Capital One, um, they have a, an innovation center in, in Arlington, which is you know, next door, our, our sister city here in Northern Virginia. And that's where they do a lot of their um, experimental products. Um, they do a lot of artificial intelligence work there. They do a lot of um, consumer research there. Um, they use a lot of data analytics and data science. Um, and then they execute that from their headquarters. So they experiment over there. They develop the products and services. And then they move them into their headquarters and then distribute them out uh, to the company uh, all around the world. So um, we've really become a much more robust, much more resilient um, economic environment. So when government goes down, we don't collapse. When the private sector goes down, we don't collapse. As a matter of fact, um, if you look at the numbers for unemployment uh, for us nationally, relative to other markets of our size, um, we are among the most resilient. As a matter of fact, I think they count as, as the D.C., Northern Virginia, suburban Maryland region. Um, that region of the country um, goes in comparison to places like New York City, which is you know huge, Los Angeles, San Francisco, um, you know, sometimes we're compared to Austin, Texas, Chicago. But when we're compared to those markets right now in terms of job loss, our, our numbers are much, much lower. Um, you know, we're in the you know, 6% uh, unemployment range right now in Northern Virginia. And, and some of us are at the, you know, 5.7%. And that's pretty amazing given what's happened in the overall economy. And, and I'll talk about that more later. Right. Well, I, I was actually going to ask you about the the pandemic and and kind of follow up on that. I mean, how it doesn't seem to be slowing down business from from that standpoint. We hear about the strong you know economy, and 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 I wanted to highlight one of the you know the the business growth that you guys were involved with a little bit later. You hear that, but then you hear about the, you know the small businesses struggling to stay open. How how is it that we're able to have such a strong economy during this pandemic? Well, you know, again, it's that it's that diversification. Um, if you look at the numbers, it's very uneven um, in terms of how it's impacted the economy. I mean, some companies have not have been impacted zero. Um, they have like they've lost no employees. Some companies have grown. Um, some have grown dramatically. As a matter of fact, ID.me which is a, um, a cybersecurity firm, just announced the other day they're going to hire 1,000 people. Back in May, um, Microsoft announced that it was going to hire 1,500 um, at a new R&D facility with 400,000 square feet in, in Reston. So, you know, you have these announcements, but then you have this very clear uh, difference in hospitality, retail, uh, boutique, personal service, personal care, um, restaurants. They've been they've been devastated. Many of them have had to shut down completely. Um, many of them we're helping migrate to technology so they can go into delivery, um, you know, for food service. But you know, you really you know can't you can't home deliver haircuts. Um, you know, you can't you know home deliver the gym. You know, these things are these these industries have been impacted dramatically. The hotel industry, you know, largely because of COVID, many hotels are are 100 you know vacant. Um, there's some that are open, there are some that are operating at a moderate rate, but it has really impacted the, the hospitality industry in an extraordinary way. And because right. of that, um, we are really you know, very, very concerned. 
Um, and we've done some things in the county. One in particular is we actually moved ahead um, working with the county to put in a uh, grant program. And not the Board of Supervisors, credit goes to them totally. Um, Chairman McKay, his leadership, County Executive Hill, all the Board of Supervisors, they lean right into helping our small businesses, companies with 50 employees or less. They have given out over 4,800 grants, 4,800 grants to businesses with less than 50 employees. And these grants were for, you know, operating costs, for buying PPE, you know, for um, figuring out how to get your restaurant, you know, operating, you know, more outside than inside. And, you know, all the things that we, you know, that we take for granted before COVID um, have really impacted this business. So this, this money was really there to help them adjust and help them focus on exactly the thing that they need to do right now. Now, that, that, 50, it was $52 million to this 4,800 businesses was great. But on top of that, we were able to help through technical assistance, a lot of businesses access PPP money and EIDL money. That's the money from the federal government that has to be um, put together for helping these companies continue to survive. Over $2.1 billion went to companies in Fairfax County alone. So our technical assistance um, has been extraordinarily important in making sure that these companies access these funds. Now, was this technical assistance and these other kind of uh, things working behind the scenes and in cooperation with other agencies and governmental programs, was that something the EDA already did or was this brought on by the pandemic? Well, a lot of, a lot of, this, was, a lot of this was brand new. Um, <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that we did was we partnered with uh, nine other jurisdictions in Northern Virginia. And these nine other jurisdictions were you know, are, are in the Northern Virginia Economic Development Alliance. They and us work together to create a 12-part uh, workshop series to help people apply uh, for things like PPP money and EIDL money and make sure that they were able to um, go ahead and access these funds to make sure that they could op continue to operate. Um, so we did technical assistance using virtual, um, you know, the virtual platforms that everyone uses, Zoom, Skype, et cetera. We've had thousands of attendees uh, to these events. And then we added to that another step where we were giving personal one-on-one -on -one service. Um, we have five uh, business counselors and we had those business counselors go work directly with these companies, one-on-one -on -one appointments. Wow. And in addition to that, uh, we were able to access um, some free legal services, free financial services and free marketing services from a group um, that was formed to help small businesses um, in our region. Do you, as part of your leadership as head of the EDA, do you see that type of uh, innovations that, that you guys have responded to uh, being part of that diversification that, that you kind of talked about earlier? Yeah, it is. But, you know, the, there, there are two pieces here. The part that um, I was talking about in terms of diversification, that really I was focused on the larger businesses that kind of create the undergirding of our economy. The businesses that have 50, 50 employees and below generally are businesses um, and that have been helped actually through this program. Like 72% of them were minority women of veteran-owned businesses. These were small businesses, um, and they were uh, accessing funding to, to operate in what we call locally serving commercial services. These are the services that you and I use every day, dry cleaners, tailor, you know, um, getting my hair cut. You know, personal right. care, um, those kinds of things, you know, restaurants, those are really that that business is undergirding the overall 
um, what, what we call the, the core economy or the trade economy. Right. And the reason why we, we talk about them differently is because they actually are symbiotic in terms of relationships. The core economy actually pulls in money from outside of the region, to pay people, to pay for real estate, um, to pay for services in that market. The, the locally serving economy actually is money being respent in the community. You know, I go out and I shop at the grocery store. The grocery store person is paid. That grocery store person spends money at a restaurant. You see the multiplier and how it is local versus money from, from, from Capital One for contracts overseas flow into their corporate office. They use that to pay their payroll. Now that money goes to the local economy. The people on the payroll rent their homes. They buy food from the grocery store. And then those dollars from the grocery store people, jobs, they actually support other jobs in the community. You see the interrelationship? I'm trying to bifurcate the, the economy so that you see that that is really what we're diversi diversifying, that upper level, um, that, that core, that trade economy. Because the other is going to um, happen just because that's how communities function. They right. have to have these services in order to function. Right. Perhaps diversification was not the, the, the right word for me to use in that question. And my question also kind of stems from uh, maybe a misinformed uh, assumption of what the Economic Development Authority does, or its its main focus is on large businesses, large corporations, trying to bring them to Fairfax County, which may be an no, oversimplification. Well, no, but no, that's okay because that's that's what is that the reason that a lot of people have that perception is because that's what's read in the newspapers. That's what the newspapers write about. I, I always talk to the newspaper guys. I said, you know, one day you're going to write the story, the, the greatest story never told. And, um, and I, I had this, this one story about a, um, a data ana analyst who started out in Arlington County one year. And then within three years, three years, year after year, his company grew so fast that he won the top award for growth in our county every year for three years. At the end of that three years, he asked me to introduce him to a company to be bought. He went and talked to Amazon. Um, they didn't work out. Didn't work out with Amazon. He ended up being bought by General Dynamics. He's now he's part of a large company. The the, the point is that you have these different pieces um, of the economy that are symbiotic that work together. And what we try to do in economic development is we try to to create a sustainable, a resilient economy so that they mutually support one another. Right now, unfortunately, because we can't have physical contact. The ability for a lot of the smaller companies to, to earn income has really gone away. So we're trying to shift them. So what we're doing right now, and we just started this two weeks ago, we did our first um, webinar on um, using technology uh, to uh, promote your business. And this one was focused, we did this jointly with Facebook and Instagram. And this is to help companies that may be a boutique you know, organization, may be a service organization, may be you know, a, a chocolatier that wants to sell its product and was just selling it in the neighborhood now wants to broaden its market. This was all about using digital advertisement in order to do that. But we span from large businesses, medium to small. Um, we go the whole spectrum. And now, because we have created so many jobs, not just in Fairfax County, but in the entire region, we have like over 80,000 jobs open in the Northern Virginia region. We have over 40,000 jobs open in Fairfax County. And we have to fill those jobs now. So now we now with the funding from the county, we've now created this talent initiative. Um, we now do these virtual career fairs. We've done four of them. 
They've involved over 4,000 people, um, about 12,000 jobs, working with about 50 companies and about 30 universities. And it has been fabulous in terms of connecting talent to job opportunities in Fairfax County. And as I like to tell people, if a company has a job opening and it's not filled, it's not generating cash flow from that position. And the reason that they open positions is because they generate cash flow for the company. So we want to help the company grow by connecting them to talent. And by the way, seven of those universities were historically black colleges, which is, again, something very new for us. Yeah, I was going to bring up the virtual job fairs or career fairs, as you call them. Mm -hmm. And that's an excellent outreach initiative and something, uh, again, uh, that, that brings value to the whole community. What's the, what's the thing that you're most proud of during this pandemic effort where you've had to shift and, and do things differently or take on new things? Is there one thing you could put your finger on and say, you know, I'm really proud of that? I'm really proud of my team. I'm really, really very, <laughs> actually, you're a little emotional about it. I'm very <laughs> proud of it. I'm proud yeah. of the way that they have been flexible. Um, many of them um, are, are going through, you know, difficult challenges like educating their kids at home while they do this work. They have allowed all of us, you know, all the leaders in the organization to move us quickly uh, from, you know, from working in the office to working at home. We did that in 48 hours. We went from office, from 10% telework to 100% telework in 48 hours. And it was largely because our staff was so flexible. We had some people working just off of a telephone, period. They, had, they were Zooming off their telephone. They were conferencing off their telephone. They were doing everything off their telephone for two weeks. Right. Well, they got <laughs> it they done. Didn't we didn't have laptops for them because everyone didn't have laptops. Everybody had computers at their desk, desktops. So it's been, I've been so proud of them. Um, and, you know, even in, in the county, I'll tell you, the other thing I'm really proud of is our relationship with the county, uh, County Executive Hill, the county chair, McKay, all of, all of the board of supervisors. We've met with all of them, you know, a number of times. Um, we've launched initiatives working with them. They've been open to uh, suggestions and we've been open to suggestions and we've figured out ways to work together in ways that we've never worked together before. We're doing this big research project right now on Richmond Corridor to attract investment. And uh, we've already sent some investors down there to look around and we wouldn't have, we didn't do that before. We do that in South County now. That's all brand new, but it's because, you know, the doors are open um, everywhere. And I think that, you know, strangely enough, even working with the other nine jurisdictions around us, um, I think that before COVID-19, people felt like it was a nice to do. But after COVID-19 COVID hit in March, it was a need to do. And we need to work together. And they understand why now. And I think we all do. I'm just proud of the, the way that we've collaborated. And I'm proud of the flexibility. So flexibility of my team, collaboration of our partners. Um, those are the two things that I'm most proud of. And right. I will say this, our commissioners, we have seven commissioners. Every one of them are leaning forward into our work. Um, they pushed us you know, to the limit to start doing these virtual career fairs, to work with historically black colleges, to work with women in coding, to work with veterans that code, to work with you know, the Hispanic uh, um, Society of Professional Engineers, the National Association of Black Engineers. Every, listen, they pushed us to go diverse. And interestingly enough, so did our corporate citizens, Northrop Grumman, mm -hmm. Mantech, you know, Sparksoft, Technologies, Harmony, Brazen, all of them have asked us to bring them diverse talent. So we're doing it now. And it's, 
it's just been great. Um, strangely enough, it's, sometimes sometimes I think difficulty, um, adversity uh, creates an innovation wave that you don't expect. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it's that whole thing of nice to do versus need to do. Um, we right. needed to figure out a new way to work together, and we did. And that's what I'm really proud of. Awesome. Victor Hoskins is president and uh, chief executive officer of Fairfax County's Economic Development Authority. We're connecting with him as a county leader here on this podcast. And, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, adversity, you know, uh, bringing forth uh, innovations and new ways of doing business. What do you see for for 2021 and beyond? What what else can the EDA do? What more can they do? Yeah, well, we are. So we have. We've done a couple of things that are different that are really helping us expand how we think about our work. Um, one of the things we do is every Monday we have our entire um, team uh, together on a, on, a, on a Zoom call. And that includes our international offices, too, because we've had offices in India and um, in Korea, in Berlin, in the UK, in Tel Aviv, um, and also in the, the foreign country of California. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, right. Also right. in California, um, and we um, we we've really been able to uh, do great things, um, even virtually. I mean, you recently heard the announcement of um, a Volkswagen U.S. headquarters um, resigning a 20-year lease um, in Northern Virginia during COVID. That is phenomenal, and that's because we figured out how to continue to work together, not just with um, our domestic companies, but with our international companies and with our uh, developers. And I think that if we continue to explore the use of technology, that is going to be a competitive advantage going forward. Um, This virtual career fair um, work has been extraordinarily important. Our website, we have a talent website for all of Northern Virginia now. It has about 82,000 jobs listed on it. Um, It lists every community um, in Northern Virginia, all, all 10 jurisdictions. And um, when we started and opened this website up in April, we had, what, 300 hits, um, 300 visitors. Now we've had an average of 20,000 visitors a month. Wow. So we are really learning how to use the technology, using digital marketing to target and draw attention to Northern Virginia. Because when we did our research, the biggest thing about Northern Virginia that people don't know is they don't know it. Interesting. We did a word cloud of, you know, analysis and the biggest word was giant in the middle was unknown. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the brand you want to carry. Trust me. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the offices in, in different countries because that was something I had in my notes and I'd kind of skipped over it. Folks may be surprised to, to know that, that Fairfax County Economic Development Authority doesn't have folks just operating in Fairfax County. A, a two-part question, why is that and who is Fairfax County's, and I'm going to use my air quotes here, competition that, that we are up against in, in the economic development world? Yeah, so, so it's interesting. I, I, I mentioned this earlier, and this is before I got here. Listen, uh, Dr. Jerry Gordon and his team, um, you know, Kathy Lang, who is the chair of our commission, um, and, and James Quigley, who's the vice chair, they did an extraordinary job of keeping uh, Fairfax County Economic Development at the forefront of economic development in the country, period. There's no, there, there, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Um, we compete at the highest level. 
um, always have. But to continue to do that, you have to innovate. And that's really what we've been doing a lot of lately is innovate. But the international, um, which is your question, the international presence um, has been historic. Um, I think it's, they've, they've, we've had offices in India for about 15 years. Um, I think the Seoul office may be 12 years. I think the Tel Aviv office is, is a relatively young one, um, maybe you know seven or eight years. UK, uh, Germany, those around a dozen years or so. But all of them have served uh, for us to access market and also to curate our relationships with companies um, and that, that may have presence here. For example, just quickly, we have one of the largest Indian populations um, in the country um, here, residing here in Northern Virginia. And it's not just a large, large Indian uh, population, but it's also a very business-focused Indian population. And many of the companies that operate in India also, also have presence here. And being able to have someone on the ground there, being able to speak the, the native language, being able to uh, understand the culture and to be part of the culture really is a competitive advantage when you're competing for business from India. And trust me, India will become more important as time goes on. Seoul, uh, Korea has always been an important one, and primarily because of the technology industry. Um, you know, companies like Samsung and others, you know, have a presence here, and they will continue to have a presence and continue to grow it here. Again, having someone on the ground, understanding language and culture, extraordinarily important. And I, what more do I need to say about Germany? It serves all of Europe. Um, and then, uh, of course, we have an office in the UK and, and in Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv has been huge for us in cybersecurity. Because some of their mm. companies have bought our companies. I mean, it's, they, are, they right. have been fantastic partners. Um, and they continue to grow here. And, and, and for us, um, and I've done I've done economic development work in a number of jurisdictions. As you know, um, my my latest before coming here was in Arlington County. One of the things that I did feel was a disadvantage being in Arlington was that we had no international reach. Um, and if we did reach internationally, it was always a struggle. Um, hmm. And 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 it's great to have presence overseas. And on a cost basis, it's very inexpensive to do it. Because we don't we don't have like a whole office and hiring a bunch of staff. We actually have contract workers um, that compete for the contracts, and if they don't perform, we get a new contractor. I mean, that's essentially our our, our deal, and that's the and that's really a great way to to have international presence, as opposed to hiring someone from here, sending them over there, having lease an office there. You see what I mean? It's a very different yeah. setup. Yeah. Do it that way. Yeah. Sounds very cost efficient for sure. We are running close on our, our time, but interesting question popped into my mind when you talked about the, I think it was Monday, the Monday morning uh, Zoom meetings where everybody from the team, regardless of their location, is there. This is the Connect with County Leaders podcast. So a lot of business people, small businesses, medium business, large business will, will be listening. What could you tell them from your leadership style or things that you have learned like that example of the, the, the morning huddle or, or morning meeting with everybody, just leadership style um, advice or something that you could give to business leaders in Fairfax County? Well, you know, I, I, am, a, I, am, a, I am a motivational uh, leader. That's, I, I consider my style a motivational style, and that's just a style that I've developed over time. But in that, I, I do a lot of reading, and I share what I read with my team. As a matter of fact, um, we read a book every month or so, and like tomorrow, we are, are going over the, the seven habits of highly effective people. Wow. And what I decided was because of the age of my team, 
um, that development, personal development was extraordinarily important. So I, I allowed them to take, get any membership in any professional organization that's related to their career that they want. If they want it, they're going to get it because I want them to grow. I want them to learn. I want them to network. But also I want them to do some personal development through reading. And, and I, I just mentioned, you know, seven, uh, the, the seven um, uh, habits of highly effective people. We're going to do that tomorrow. We have a discussion. I'm having six of them present um, six of the habits and I'm presenting one of the habits. So not only are they learning it, they're teaching it. I've also had them read um, the classics like How to Make Friends and Influence People by, by Dale Carnegie, which is a fabulous piece. I've reread it many times and, and it's so helpful to, to, to my team and, and they responded so greatly to it. And uh, there's another book that I had them read, um, What Got You Here Won't Get You There, and uh, Blue Ocean Strategy, which is all about business strategy. So really working on the minds of the individuals that I work with has been an important part to me in helping them grow and, and it helps me grow. Um, because they ask questions that I wouldn't ask. And they think about things from their own perspective, which is, is a younger perspective. And it helps me continue to, to be more current um, in how I think. So I think that, you know, really thinking about the personal development of the individual, where they're going in their careers. I have three or four people on my team who I talk about, who I talk to that sometimes are considering other positions in other places. I help them if they want to go there. I have many, many um, individuals on my team that just want some, you know, some some counsel, some you know, some some knowledge about how to navigate the organization. I can tell you right now, thirty five percent of my people have received promotion since I've been here. Twenty five percent of my people are new. Wow. I, I know it's working. I can see it, and and it is fantastic. Well, you know, to have a have a strong team, everyone has to uh, to to develop personally and grow personally to uh, help the team strengthen. So that's uh, that's great uh, sage advice there that uh, that anyone could take to heart, regardless of their uh, position or stature uh, in life or their company. Mr. Hoskins, we are about out of time. The final 30 seconds to a minute. I'll just give you the open mic. Anything I haven't asked you, anything you want to share uh, with our listeners about the Fairfax County Economic Development Authority? Well, you know, that's so much about the Fairfax County Economic Development Authority, but more about what I've learned about the, the nature of the people in Northern Virginia. I've seen this incredible character um, in, in the people of Northern Virginia, um, whether they're in retail, service, hotel, you know, commercial, you know, personal service. It's just amazing. And, and you know, um, Emerson said, you know, what lies before us and what lies behind us are little matters, those things that lie within us. And I think what lies within us is a tremendous character. And I think that character is what's going to get us through this difficult time. I see the sun rising with the vaccines on the horizon. Um, we're talking a couple of weeks away from people starting to get vaccinations. They're talking about 60 to 70 percent vaccination rates by sometime in June. Um, we will be back to a more normal life probably by summer. Um, I see that is not just um, a, a timeline for you know, for a, a, a bit more back to normal, but also a timeline for opportunity. So um, I, I know that Virginia is going to come back better uh, than it's ever been. In Northern Virginia in particular, um, I believe, is going to lead that. Um, and I think it's going to lead it because of what lies within us, which is an incredibly strong character. Awesome. Victor Hoskins, uh, Fairfax County Economic Development Authority President and Chief Executive Officer. Definitely a pleasure to have you back on the Connect with County Leaders podcast. Uh, 
probably next December we'll have you back. But I'm I'm also thinking we should probably have you back before that because uh, a lot of wisdom shared here from you, sir. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you. It has been my abominable pleasure. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure, too. Victor Hoskins, again, President and uh, Chief Executive Officer of the Fairfax County Economic Development Authority here with us on the Connect with County Leaders. Thanks to him and thanks to you for listening. And be sure to join us again next month for another episode of the podcast. This has been the Connect with County Leaders podcast. To listen to other great Fairfax County podcasts, visit fairfaxcounty.gov podcasts. And for additional audio content, tune in to Fairfax County Government Radio at fairfaxcounty.gov radio. For more Fairfax County news and event information, visit News Center online at fairfaxcounty.gov news. You also may call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329, weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m., or email publicaffairs at fairfaxcounty.gov. The Connect with County Leaders podcast is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia Government.